welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Ryan, for getting together with me this morning. And uh, we're in your backyard, and it's really nice here. I'm just impressed with all the flowers and everything. Are you into the flowers, or is it your... Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I would take pictures of them uh, for a long time um, with work every day. It has uh, decreased a little bit this year, but um, I, I spend a lot of time uh, replanting when things get too close together and pulling weeds. Okay. Did you put all this together, this, the flower beds? No, this uh, Cindy did Okay, most of this. I just help out. Okay. So, um, well, tell me about your household. Well, um, there's uh, me and Cindy. Um, we've been together about 10 years. And our uh, two boys, um, Ben and Stephen. Um, ben has a birthday this week, and Stephen had his birthday earlier this month. Okay. How old is Ben and Stephen? They're uh, 16 and 14. Well, Ben will be 16 this uh, Sunday. Okay, cool. So, um, you enjoy, uh, teenagers? Uh, yeah, they're, uh, getting to be more, um, like a friendship relationship, uh, recently, um, with being together, uh, every day, uh, for the past, uh, six months or so, um, kind of have to reevaluate your whole, uh, dynamic and, uh, be, uh, more deliberate at least uh i've realized that you have to be very deliberate with your uh relationships and how you interact um like they, what what do you mean by de- deliberate um if you know something that may bother you um you have to um i guess normally i would have reacted and said turn off the light or um look at this mess you're making when um, the small little things um, can have a impact on your mood just a little bit and it can push um, a whole series of events uh, down the road and so you have to evaluate those things before you uh, act and uh, I never really thought about that until um I realized we would be, you know, together for uh, nonstop for uh, solid years. Um, so um, are you saying, like, if there's kind of something that's bothering you, it needs to be uh, dealt with uh, uh, rather than just reacted towards? Is that kind of what you mean? Or um, I guess in the past I thought reacting was dealing with it um uh, um i guess the way you mean dealt with is uh dealt with uh like kind of fi- talk conversation figure um, uh, like uh do you if something um is bothering you that it needs to be kind of uh you know conversation uh about it trying to find a solution is that kind of what you mean or rather than just ignored um I guess I I don't uh, 
initiate the conversation uh, until I have uh, considered uh, what's at stake for me and um, how my reaction is going to affect the whole um, household Okay. from that point on, you know? Hmm. So give me an example of like, you know, something that's happened recently and how you, you know, worked through it or whatever you did, you know? Um, just like uh, the bathroom light is always on and um, it's, uh, you know, something that bothers me. Um, and uh, for me to just keep saying, turn off the light, turn off the light, um, you know, that hasn't worked. Um, and I guess that could be a, a maturity thing. But um, I think now I, it'd be better to say, explain why uh, it bothers me that the light is off instead of just saying, turn off the light. Um, and that way, it, you know, when he, he say, says, well, you're right next to the light. Um, but I have to, um, you know, explain to him that if I turn off the light for you, um, you're never going to do it yourself. You're going to always think that somebody else is going to do it for you. Hmm. Okay. So I see what you mean about being intentional. Yeah. Well, as far as an introduction, um, you have a background in art. That's what you went to school for and everything. Yep. And then uh, more recently, you're in a computer coding. And uh, I know you volunteer quite a bit. I know you've been involved in Stream Clean and you volunteer at the local f food pantry at the Catholic Church. And then uh, you identify, as far as religion, you identify with the Christian religion. I do, yeah. And um, anything else, like, uh, as far as introduction, just to say, well, who's Ryan? What would you, how would, what would you say? Um, I think that um, sums me up pretty well. I, I um, like to help whenever I can, I guess is my uh, guiding principle. Okay. So what's behind that? Why do you, you know, feel that uh, desire to you know, be like that in your life? Um, I feel like I've, uh, been helped quite a bit throughout my life. And, um, I guess it, it, I personally enjoy, um, being able to do something for, uh, other people, um, that, um, I guess relief that I, I see from other people is pretty rewarding rewarding to me so like help that you've received is anything in particular you're referring to or um not really I, I mean um I grew up um uh without uh a dad for a, a few years um and um a lot of my extended family helped uh, to uh, take care of me while my mom went to school and to um, work 
to support us. Hmm. And um, I, I always enjoyed, I guess, being around people. And um, they would, you know, still have their uh, day to go about. And they would, they would just use me as their helper. And I always appreciated that. Hmm. Okay. So, um, what happened to your dad or do you, he, uh, he died, um, when I was two in a car accident. Oh, did he? Okay. Hmm. So were these other people, were they family members? Yeah. Um, my, uh, grandparents, my, um, aunts and uncles. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. Well, um, and then is there um, any of any of those people that's particularly kind of like a father figure in your life now, like as an adult, or are you close to any of those people who were kind of helpful to you as you were growing up? Um, not not really anymore. Um, I've. Uh kind of just focus on my uh, family here for the most part. Okay. Um, well, you, you got into art and spent a lot of time with art. Like, what um, what was behind that, or what did... Are you still involved in art? Um, a little bit. Um, not, not as much. Um, so I... Um, with my grandfather, um, he had a um, dark room in the basement and he showed me how to, uh, process the film and, uh, make prints. Hmm. And, um, so we did that, uh, while I was in high school and I thought that would be, uh, a good career, um, to go into. So I went to school for, um, photography and, um, at UMSL, uh, where I, uh, ended up going at the photography degree was in fine art. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was over, I, I guess all the art courses that, um, really moved me in the art direction with photography. Um, I think it could have been, um, any other, um, aspect. I think it's very likely I would be a, a journalist if I had went to, uh, Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So was art meaningful to you when you got into it? Um, like fine art and so forth? Yeah. I, I thought that I was going to uh, change the world with my art uh, when I was graduating. Um, and that was my goal to uh, make uh, the world a better place uh, through images. And um, I uh, looked into... Um, graduate school but I never applied um, and so I just um, worked as a photographer um, I you know I was a wedding photographer with you um, I did a few weddings on my own um, and uh, eventually I was just working so much that I didn't give the time it really requires to um, you know, make new art and show it. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
then with the family too, it uh, just decreased my uh, time and that I would uh, devote to it. Mm-hmm. Well, how you know you, you're mentioning art changing the world? How would that happen? Like, oh, like how could art change the world? Um, what, you know? um, I guess uh, with a, I guess a, a universal image, something that uh, could speak to everyone. Um, it, I guess anyone who could see, um, which was something that troubled me a little bit, but I guess not so much that it held me back. Um, but, uh, that, that was my thought that if somebody could see it, then they could, uh, understand and something that would be, uh, moving that they would all, uh, want to work together, I guess. Um, seems uh you know kind of childish now when i think about it um but i don't think that it's impossible uh just uh naive that you know it it would be something that a person could create as a one thing or uh that could unite everyone it's i guess idyllic but um I, I think young people are idyllic, you know, um, and it's probably good. <laughs> I mean, um, that kind of drives us on and so forth. Um, so, and art that could change the world, it would be something that would communicate something that would bring people together. I guess that's what I hear, right? Yeah. Right. And create some kind of unity around something. Um, well, then after art, did you go right into computer coding or were there were there other things in between? Um, well, I guess, um, you know, I... <clears throat> I worked as a photographer um, and uh, as I went through... Um, as I, I, I was a aerial photographer, so I would, uh, travel all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I got out of that, I kind of went back into, uh, a retail setting and, um, I worked with in a machine shop, um, to put together, uh, the light fixtures and the new section of the art museum. So that was somewhat connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up, uh, working as a machinist. Uh, I went to school for, um, engineering. Uh, I pretty much was starting over. Wow. Um, and you chose engineering? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause that's like, um, you think of art as, um, one side of the brain, I forget which left side or whatever. And then you think of engineering as real kind of concrete, uh, non-abstract has like a different side, so that seems like a, a pretty wide swing. But I guess you weren't like intentionally getting to, into art at first. You were getting into photography, which is a little bit kind of has a technical side to it, and then that connected you and pulled you into art. But yeah, um, to me, it's uh, about creating something, 
So hmm. yeah. um, creating images or uh, sculpture um, and then like these structures in the yard I built. Um, and I think that kind of helped me into engineering. The gazebo back there? Yeah. You built that before engineering? Yeah. Or, okay. And did you guys lay out these rocks and everything? Um, some of them were uh, done by machine, like the larger ones that you couldn't move yourself. Um, but like most of the stairs there, I um, have wedged together, dug out. Okay. Did you design it, like even when a machine brought in a big rock? No. Okay. You just... I just put it together. Okay, I see. So engineering, um, is, was there anything in particular that just piqued your interest in engineering? Um, really, I thought it was something that I could do that would hold my interest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was something that could, um, you know, again, better the world. Um, and uh, that's pretty much how I got there. Um, and um, in school for engineering, um, there was a quick course on machining that would be um, a good, uh, solid career and possibly pay for school to uh, complete the engineering degree. Hmm. And um, in that time, I also got into a, a coding uh, camp Again, that was paid for, and um, I learned to uh, develop code. And um, it, so now I'm a, a, a software engineer. Hmm. And um, so, do you do that from the house right now? Seeing yep. Um, okay. I uh, started in um, February and. Uh, I was supposed to be working uh, from the office full-time, and three weeks later, I've been uh, working from home full-time for the past few months. You like it? I do. I I really enjoy it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's uh, a lot of nuance, and there's always something new to learn, Um, and I think that uh, it can help... uh, the world uh in a positive way mm-hmm. too yeah um does a coder pretty much spend like their entire working day looking into a computer screen uh ideally uh yes I, um you can get some of your information uh from books um but usually that information is uh out of date right yeah i've been um here lately, so I, I do office work for my sons and their business, and um, so I spend like maybe half the day, sometimes three quarters of the day looking at a screen, and it's kind of been roughing my eyes. My daughter said um, she um, got some blue blocking glasses, and it helps, you know, looking at a screen was giving her headaches, so I recently got some, and they might be helpful, I don't know, but probably just kind of getting my reading glasses strength right and the distance right and everything like that is probably helpful too which I'm working on yeah ergonomics is very important if you're leaning over or you're uh, um, squinting or something like that Um, 
you can adjust the uh, uh, color from the monitor too. I I have it set to okay shift yellow, so in the evening you don't mm -hmm. uh, stay up all night from thinking that's the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you've mentioned like throughout this quite a bit, like changing the world or just helping the world or something along those lines. So, um, is that, um, like I can see a connection to like the Christian teaching and faith to that, or I can also see that it can just be kind of intuitive, you know, just something that seems satisfying to you. Um, so, um. Anyway, I don't know, like, uh, okay, I guess we'll go to um, volunteering and, like, uh, Christian religion. Um, well, tell me about your background with the Christian religion. How did you get started in that and um, and, and stuff like that? Or, um, well, uh, my father was Catholic, uh, my mom it's more of a Baptist, uh, so um, until she remarried, we would go to Catholic church. I would go to uh, the PSR classes. Um, okay. Uh, so I have my first communion in the Catholic church, and um, then I uh, would go to Sunday school um, at the Canaan Baptist Church um, mm -hmm. until I was in college and then I um, would go for uh, you know Christmas and Easter either uh, the Catholic Church or the Baptist Church um, so um, you know I am a, a believer in Jesus um, and um, the the teachings um, surrounded by his story um, but I, I think the uh, I see a lot of flaws in the churches um, that I really don't want to be associated with um, so um, to me I just like to see um, you know uh, people who are in need uh, get get the help they need um, if I am able to do it um, I know that I have been in need in the past um, and I've been able to get that help and I hope that um, in the future I know I'll probably need help again and um, I don't want to be <laughs> um, you know it. it's uh, very scary to be on your own and uh, mm -hmm. not not able to take care of yourself. Um, so um, you mentioned being a believer in Jesus. Um, so what does um, so what does that mean to you? Uh, what does it mean to be a believer in Jesus? Um, I guess to um, help other people. Um, when they need it, um, and I guess the um, story wasn't always to give them the help they want, but the help that they need. Um, and I, I don't know what help uh, people really need. 
so I can really only do what they ask for. Um, so if somebody asks or I, I see a need, I like to jump in and help out. Um, so I guess the back to the what it is to believe in Jesus is to, uh, I guess, um, show love and compassion for other people. Um, okay. Um, so as far as the, and I guess you're connecting that to Jesus's teaching to love one another and right. So believing in him is obeying him and the type of thing. Um, so, uh, do you, do you believe in the, the content of the Christian faith as far as the story, like the crucifixion and resurrection and um, if so, um, is there anything in particular that, that gives you confidence in all of this? Like um, confidence that, uh, well, anyway, we'll stop there. Do you believe the content of the Christian story? I do, yeah. Okay. Um, as far as um, what uh, confidence it gives me. Um, well, what, what gives you confidence in it? Like, I guess where I was going is um, some people I talk to, are kind of more like, I guess you'd call them naturalists, perhaps. Um, or, you know, whatever we can experience with our senses, you know, smell, you know, that's real. But there's not um, necessarily anything beyond it, you know. So what gives you confidence that there's a God, that there's a spiritual realm beyond that there's all of this? an afterlife? Yeah, that type of thing. Um, I... Um faith you know um i there's nothing concrete that um gives me uh, a concrete feeling about it it's uh faith it's uh hope um so um i would like that uh feeling but um it's not it's not something i'm i'm always uh always have that uh um, faith and uh, certainty that there is an afterlife. Um, so, where where do you get your um, uh, certainty, or do you have it personally? Um, I don't think I have certainty in a in a certain sense. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's. I have confidence and. I think it, there are, you know, like, um, you know, uh, like objective reasons for, for example, the content of the, the story for Jesus. You know, it's, um, this is something that occurred in history and, and there were, um, you know, there's biblical witnesses to it and there's, witnesses to Jesus outside, you know, who, outside of the Bible, who wrote, um, and, um, so there is a historical thing to grapple with, like if, um, let's say, say there wasn't a resurrection, then, um, like from a historical perspective, someone would have to kind of give an explanation for the evidence, you know, well, 
what's the alternative story, you know, or something like that. As far as, um, but there's also just a a sense of God that I guess there. Here recently, I've encountered a philosopher. His name's Alvin Plantinka, and he's kind of like a he's retired now, but he's been a major philosopher in the field. And at one point in the mid 1900s, in the field of philosophy, from what I understand. Um, Belief in a God or, you know, the supernatural wasn't considered like a rational thing. That's not so much to say it's not true. It's just that it's kind of like if you flip a coin and it's like, what is it, heads or tails? Well, I believe it's heads. Well, you got, it might be heads, but you can't really say that's a rational belief because um, you don't have enough evidence for it. But from what I understand, in the field of philosophy... Religion, uh, belief in God is in a uh, has there's more respect for that position because of his work, um, and he he wrote a book here recently, kind of more for the everyday man called Knowledge and Christian Belief or something like that. That's kind of interesting, but um, but his view um, on this particular topic is that um, if God well, there's certain foundational beliefs. Like, if we believe certain things, there's normally it's because of an underlying belief and an underlying belief, and it goes on down to you just have something that's just really basic that you just believe, but you don't have reasons for believing it. Um, and he says that there's belief in God is kind of like a properly basic belief. Um, if it's true that there is a God, then it makes sense that us as his creatures, that, that he that we would be made with like a sense of the divine, I guess is how he puts it. So while there's, um, when it, there's, you know, there's different arguments, there's philosophical reasonings for God, um, and there's um, historical evidence for the Christian faith. So there's all of these things, but most of the time, people who believe in God, they don't work their way through it in an intellectual way. Normally, it's just a sense um, not everyone believes in God, but like throughout the history of man, it seems like people basically most people generally do. And he's so he says it makes uh, sense um, that if there is a God, that there would be in us just a sense that there is a God. And um, so even without like uh, evidence, not that there's not evidence or. Um, objective reasoning for for that position he's saying that's not how most people come to it and it's just makes so uh it's just kind of like a little bit of a summary of um but you're asking me like what gives me confidence i think more than anything it was like um just uh, an experience i had when i was 18 like a conversion experience where um i was really uh headed downhill um just a pretty rotten kid, like hateful to my siblings, uh, disobedient to my parents. And I would just stumble into whatever came along that was like something I shouldn't be doing, you know, that, so, um, it was, um, the best man, my best friend during those years, who was the best man at my wedding and stuff, you know, he died about 10 years ago just from a rough life. But my life kind of took a turn right then. 
um, I just was disgusted with who I was morally, and I asked God to uh, save me from what I, from myself, what I'd become. And it was like a, a load of guilt was just lifted from me instantly. I just felt as light as a feather, and it was like I felt forgiven. It wasn't like I just read in the Bible I was forgiven. It's like I felt forgiven, and I started having an interest at that point in the Bible, things that my family was interested in, but I had didn't mean anything to me, and church and religious books and stuff like that. And that was just kind of a growing experience from there. So I guess it's um, the change that has taken place in my life. That's one thing that gives me confidence. Um, The Bible speaks about like being born again or being made a new creature in Christ. And that seems to relate to like something like what I experienced. So that gives me confidence that the Bible is touching on something real. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that change in, in lifestyle um, is can always be uh, up, uplifting. Um, you know, it. You know, for me to go and um, pick up all the trash I can carry off the uh, side of the river. Um, you know, it. Uh, you're not. Um, you know, staying up all night. Um, drinking as much as you can, um, you're uh, kind of doing the opposite, getting cleansing uh, physically and, uh, you know, actually. Um, and it, it gives you a whole new um, a jump on your uh, mental and physical uh, person. So, that yeah, those changes um, will always be something that can uh, really change your whole life or your whole perspective. Do you um, do you enjoy streams besides cleaning them? Like, are you into fishing or swimming or anything like that? Um, I I like to uh, swim. Yes, um, yeah. I've been hoping to. Get a, a kayak. Um, oh yeah! Wow. I ordered uh, ones that'll fold up so you can put them on your back. Yeah. Um, but they just are taking a long time to get here. Oh, okay. So it's on order, huh? Yeah. Wow, foldable kayak. I haven't heard of that before. It's pretty neat. It's like out of a single sheet of uh, poly uh, ethyl. Uh, Low density polyethylene, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, if this was the last year of your life, what would you be doing? Um, I guess I would still be doing the same thing. Um, I uh, I don't think that. This uh, this being um, you know in the middle of a pandemic, um, actually there's a whole lot else uh, you can do. Um, <laughs> I uh, spend the time with my family. I can um, I get out and enjoy nature uh, as much as I can. 
Um, but I guess that the real question is, you know, what is it that I really want to do in life? Um, and I, I, I do just enjoy to be in nature. <clears throat> um, we went to, uh, Yosemite, uh, national park last year. Um, hmm. it's just a very beautiful place and, um, mm-hmm. I enjoy those um, places. I would spend a lot of time there if I could. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I've been enjoying like urban settings lately. Like I've been on Sunday mornings, I've been going into Kirkwood, getting a cup of coffee, and sitting down. You know, there's that area down there by the train train station, and there's Caudies in that area. It's just, and so many people are out. You know, they're walking their dogs, or they're running, or whole families are out pushing a stroller or something so it's just kind of a neat area <laughs> just to kind of sit in and I just sit and journal and plan out my week and things like that so is that where you would spend your last year just observing people um and it's not so much like observing them it's like just being in that type of setting you know so it's not so much like being a people watcher but just being in a little bit of a hustle and bustle. You know, I kind of enjoy that. As far as spending my last, uh, I think I would. I think I would, I like time, times of just reflection and thinking. I mean, I just enjoy that. Um, So I probably would spend time like that, um, in places like that, thinking. Now, I would also be spending a lot of time with people, family members, and friends, and having some um, conversations with them about just what I th- what's important, um, uh, what I th- thought was important. I would be sharing with them um, just um, what's important to me in my life, which is um, the Christian faith is pretty important to me in my life. Um, and I would just be spending time with them. I'd probably be um, trying to do some things to be productive, just because I. Um, that just that's kind of. So, do you imagine your um, final year as like a uh, coming uh, cancer that is you know is going to end you soon, or because um, I guess that's the. Um, point of view that you're explaining and yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think uh, that that a sickness really does change your yeah. uh, perspective on what time you have left um, mm-hmm. last year I after or during our California trip I uh, got an infection and had to spend the night in the hospital with the infection mm-hmm. and uh, a guy came in after a while um, and it seemed like he was dying of uh, lung cancer and uh, his son came in and uh, left him a letter and uh, then went off to uh, go spend the weekend with his uh, friends um, camping and uh, you know as you know my father died um, when I was very young and you know I gave him some, you know, unsolicited advice to just, um, you know, tell him 
tell your kids all your stories because, um, you know, they're never going to know them. No one is going to hmm. tell them these stories. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually you'll, you'll tell your children things that are age appropriate. Um, but there isn't always, uh, you know, in his situation, there, there's not time for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Hmm. That's interesting. So tell um, your kids your stories. So, um, like the good, the bad, like all of it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they're, why let them find out the, uh, you know, the, the ugly when um, from somebody else who, you know, remembers it different um, or thinks your your motives were uh, something other than uh, they were. Um, because, you know, when you're doing something that is ugly, um, you're not going to be honest with your motives anyway. So mm-hmm. um, you may say that you're doing this uh, for a noble reason to your accomplice when uh, really you're just trying to get your accomplice in trouble. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, that's really interesting. Um, of course, in my family, some stuff like that just comes up. But I've never really just kind of uh, went through everything, you know, in my and just intentionally tried to share it off, you know, with my kids. But hmm. with my guys, um, when it's just uh, two or three of us, I'll let them. I'll I'll just tell them whatever it is I'm thinking about. Like uh, we we're going around. Uh, a roundabout and I was uh, telling that 14 year old you know it, when you're um, slowing down on this curve it's your car's going to act different and this is why and uh, it's not really something that anybody ever explained to me until uh, I was an experienced driver um, and I you know it, something that probably would keep me from spinning out had I thought about it sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. What I see in some people, how they take time to explain things to younger people and uh, do a little teaching and training. And and I, I wish I was better at that. Um, for me, I feel like overwhelmed with life a lot of the time. Um, like I'm barely keeping it all together. So I feel somewhat like um, I'm barely getting it done myself. I don't have time to show someone else, you know, anything um, because it's just, um, so anyway, that's kind of, but when I do see people um, take the time to, um, you know, spend time with kids and teach them and, you know, I admire that and I know it's meaningful for kids. Yeah, I think even like, Telling the kids, you know, um, that I'm barely keeping it together. Um, on one side, you may lose the confidence uh, of your children, but um, you'll also give them an understanding and let them know that um, you're struggling and that you can help them, but uh, they just have to do more 
to get that help uh, and just let let them know the the full situation instead of letting them guess are they supposed to wait for your instructions when um, you don't have the capacity to give them the instructions unless you know that it's needed because uh, it that's not at the forefront of your mind it's it's interesting to see uh, their thoughts on things uh, that you think is uh, second nature and they come up with something that's off or a little bit or a lot and you say oh that's that's not how it is you, we this is the what is actually happening sorry I don't have an ap- example but uh, hmm. mm-hmm. um, those little things that you uh, think are understood aren't and mm-hmm. so um, it sounds like you're pretty uh, conversationalist you know into conversation with your family and everything is is everyone in your family pretty much like that willing to talk about things like that or are some people in your family uh, just not really not into getting into conversations like that um i i think like this um it it's uh something that you can do um but it, it takes a while to um get there to really get to what you really think about it um i guess for me it, it's something that I, I don't really think about things until i start talking in that direction mm-hmm. um i for christmas last year i asked uh my family for stories uh something that uh they a story they w- wouldn't have told me before um and so um that's interesting. That's a kind of a neat Christmas gift. So they come up with stories. They did. Um, they weren't. Uh, they were, I guess, goofier than I was expecting. <laughs> uh, I, I was hoping for longer stories, but I, uh, I'm not much of a storyteller myself, so I wouldn't have been able to offer a, a long story either. Um, yeah. Um, a story about them, something they experienced. Yeah. Okay. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you, go ahead. They ended up, uh, like my, uh, one, my, my mom's mom, um, told me a story about myself. Um, but, you know, I had no conditions on the stories. <clears throat> and, um, uh, I was happy to get them. Yeah. They're, they're fun. And I probably couldn't tell you one of them now. So this is not just your immediate family, but you said this to your extended family and everything too. Yeah. Huh? Um, now you mentioned earlier, you know, flaws in the church. So like, is there anything in particular that you're referring to? Um, well, you know, it, my understanding is that uh, Jesus lived a, a life of poverty and um, for uh, church leaders to... Uh, live very lavish uh, uh, lives I think to me is uh, wrong uh, counter uh, not counterintuitive but um, I guess hypocritical Mm -hmm. Um, so I I don't like to see that in a church Um, 
and you know there's always going to be people that are um you know flawed um and some people um work on their flaws some people just are broken and a lot of those people uh, you know and uh they're they're in uh, a high role in the church the the light is already shown upon them so everyone sees when somebody in a church does something bad um mm-hmm. those are that's what i don't uh like about churches um but i know that there uh, are a lot of churches that um are more um devoted to uh taking only what they need and uh giving the rest back mm-hmm. too yeah so i know like right here during a pandemic a lot of people aren't meeting with the church but like when it's not during this time do you meet with a church or canaan or a different church or do you meet with uh christians in some way for a christian fellowship type of thing um a couple times a year um okay uh i um but not much more than that okay do you have any personal um like are you into the the bible um or personal kind of uh routines that go along with the christian faith uh i do pray daily okay um I ask for uh, thanks and forgiveness and um, the health of my family. Yeah. Um, so do you discuss uh, what your uh, routines are and uh, and your conversations? Uh, I can. <laughs> if you'd like to, would you like to know? Yeah. Um, Is this something you? Uh, cover week to week no no um week to week it's just a pretty free-flowing conversation so it's just whatever comes up i feel like i've haven't really been uh i've just been answering questions as if it was an interview instead of uh you know i i should hear your side of it too uh and i well if you're curious yeah go ahead okay well routines um you know, some of them are like fitness-related, which you pro- you might have fitness-related routines. Um, as far as like r- related to the Christian faith, um, which, yeah, I try to pray. Um, my prayer time is pretty brief. It'd probably be nice if it was um, like a little more involved and stuff like that. But I try. What I have, do you mean by more involved? Well, um, just kind of. <clears throat> more time, more time spent. Um, there's a lot of things that could be prayed for. A lot of things, a lot of things, things that could be um, given thanks for. Um, so I don't like um, so much just a, a brief prayer, just so I know know that I've prayed that day or something like that. You know. Um, just taking a little more time with it. So I. I think that would be good. I'd like to move in that direction. But I read um, like a chapter or two of the Bible a day, um, and then I kind of journal a few thoughts about it. Um, I'm in 
like I just finished Deuteronomy. So I've read the first five books of the Bible now, um, just a chapter or two at a time, and just kind of thinking overall, you know, what's my overall impression of it? And, um, and I journal that, uh, and then maybe in the evenings, um, I'll share it with my family. We'll get together and I'll read uh, just a verse or two, just a small portion and say, you know, here's um, what I've been reading lately, thinking about. Here's just some of my thoughts about it. Do you guys have any thoughts or questions, discussion or anything? And they normally don't. <laughs> and then I say, well, is there any ways that we can be praying for each other or anything? And they, they might say something or two and then... Uh, I just kind of lead us in a prayer, and then we'll go on with the rest of our evening, um, reading a book or watching something, you know. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my routines as far as like how they relate to Christianity. Um, I do meet with um, the church. Uh, they're on Telegraph. There's Rockport. Um, we meet there, um, and then I um, have. Uh, I started this um, a year and a half ago. So this is kind of exciting to me. Um, I'll tell you about it. It might be something you're interested in at some point in the future. Um, I th there's a group of men, um, and uh, they meet together in fours, and they go through this book called Discipleship Essentials. And it's kind of like, um, you know, it's got like uh, things to read and then some discussion questions. And it's like just basic Christianity is what it is. And they um, they meet together like weekly, and it takes about two years to get through the book because they divide each chapter into like four sections. And, and then at the end of the two years, um, they break up and each person ideally finds three other people. And then the group multiplies. And then they go through the two-year cycle again. And I was wanting, my main reason for like doing this, I was just wanting to grow some relationships. Um, and I thought, well, here you're meeting every week. You're discussing something. You're sharing each other. You're praying together. Um, I thought this might be something for that. So um, a lot of these groups, they meet in the St. Louis area. And, um, and there's a lot of them now. And they do things together sometimes as groups, but um, I I didn't really want to drive in, so I thought I could just find some people out here where I live. I ask a lot of people at church, but whenever whenever I said it might take two years to get through this, you know, people didn't seem to, you know, understandably there was some hesitation. But I walked around my neighborhood, and um, I you know I just kind of mentioned to some people they're they're not even churchgoers some of them. And um, I just said, hey, I want to do this. I'm basically just wanting to, you know, grow some friendships. There's this book we'd go through. Are you interested? Almost everybody I asked said they were interested in <laughs> doing it. Um, so we meet um, across the street at a, a fellow's house. Now, he is a churchgoer. He's a Lutheran fellow. And then there's a guy who's a Catholic I met at the gym in the, the dry sauna. We got talking. And... Um, I invited him, so he drives out and do it. We had a fourth guy down the street, but he kind of dropped off. So there's just three of us now. And it's been really good. Um, they're, we're all quite a bit different. Um, 
you know, Lutheran, Catholic, Baptist. Um, and we're different. So do you guys write a lot of jokes as you get into this? <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, but we, we hear jokes every once in a while. This, this um, A guy who lives with the Lutheran, like it's his wife's grandson, came in and said, Hey, uh, did you know there were cars in the mentioned in the Bible? And it was, no, he said, yeah, in Acts it says they were all of one accord, or all in one accord, or something like that. <laughs> but, um, so we're different personality, too. I'm kind of more of just sharing, hey, how can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? Here, here's what's going on in my life. I'm kind of like that. And they're like, uh, we don't really want to go there. And their praying is more structured, like the, the Catholic fellow most of the time he's going to get out a prayer book and read a prayer you know so it's just different but i've come to enjoy these guys and enjoy the time that we we get together and i've kind of thought that church might more ideally be where you meet together geographically than um based on who thinks just the same way you think which is kind of how we do it now you know you go to people who believe your beliefs um and I guess Catholics, they um, they have that parish system, so it is kind of a geographic type of thing. But um, but it's also uh, organized thinking too, right? Yeah. So it seems that um, in Scripture there was differences, and the instruction given was you just need to accommodate one another. Um, this brother believes he should do this. He's following his conscience. Who are you to judge your brother? Um, He's living his life unto God. You do the same thing, and you just accommodate one another. Well, when you go to people who are just doing things every, just like you, you, where's the room to exercise that? You know, you're all just the same. So, of course, there are some basics that make someone a Christian. You know, um, that unite other. You know, unite them in that way. But there's a lot of things that can be disagreed upon, and I think it'd be neat if. We could, um, people who are just local could get together with their differences and somehow enjoy Christian fellowship together. That really got off of the topic, didn't it? <laughs> no, but that's uh, interesting that that was, reminds me of one thing um, that I think of churches as being faulted in is that they have uh, a building that they use maybe three times a week mm-hmm. and uh, they should uh, use it every day of the week. I, I mean, there are people that uh, need a place to live. There mm-hmm. are people that need education or uh, daycare. And I, I know a lot of places offer those things, but um, I think a lot of places don't and they are afraid of that they um, don't want to have any issues with their their building that is really just a thing that is replaceable mm-hmm. right or they don't um, want um, a group to use their building that they would not want to identify with, like their beliefs might be a little yeah. different or something like that, you know. <clears throat> with uh, the pandemic, uh, I, my boys are in scouts. Um, 
all the scout uh, properties are um, closed to groups of scouts, um, but they're now open to other groups that, like, uh, if you want to have a wedding reception or uh, meeting uh, or a family reunion, that they're open to running it out for those purposes just so that they get used. And that's, I guess, a refreshing thing. Um, and I do understand that uh, they want to control who's there to protect the children. But I think that um, nonprofit organizations should be a little more giving uh, and their assets, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've kind of, I like efficiency, so I've kind of thought along the same lines, like you have a building that's just empty so much of the time, and you're keeping it temperature controlled so that the piano stays in tune, and, you know. Um, but um, I got, my uh, cousin, he lives up uh, northeast somewhere, and they have like a, live in a structured community, um, a planned community, kind of like Newtown out in St. Charles. And they have a, um, their church, it's like one building, but all the different denominations use it. So they just have their different time slots. Hmm. And it was just planned out like that when they made the community. Um, is there any like kind of... Um, is there something in your life that seems like the main challenge of your life or anything in general like that that you would like to that you're okay with mentioning the main challenge of my life um it, i think it, it's myself um you know getting over your uh or my my fears my um goals um expectations um you, I have to, um, you know, understand my limits, and um, I've always struggled with that. Um, what what I know and what I don't know, uh, I think, have always been my my greatest hindrance. Um, when I was in uh, school, I thought that I, I knew more than I did. And so I think it kept me from, um, learning more, um, or looking for more. Um, and I know that I, I don't communicate well and I need to learn how to do that better. Um, but it takes a lot of time and effort, uh, that, um, if you don't schedule it, you don't do it. Um, so, um, yeah, getting over, uh, my own shortcomings is, uh, always the, the, the greatest struggle, um, not knowing, um, how far I can, you know, push myself physically, um, has always been, uh, an issue. I, I think I, I feel like I've always struggled with my weight, um, but um, I'm not sure how 
accurate that is, um, if it is a struggle or not. Um, Self-control with, you know, how much I eat or or don't. Um, It's it's all uh, internal. Uh, Overcoming your own uh, mind is, I think, my greatest struggle. Um, When I was younger, I would think I could do uh, everything, um, but I see a, a quote now, um, you, you can do anything, but you can't do everything, um, and if, if I were to, uh, I guess, internalize that uh, 20 years ago, I can only imagine how different my life would be. Um, hmm, I like that quote. <laughs> I heard something... Um Maybe it's a play off of it, or there's a podcast by Paula Pant, and I think it's, you can afford anything you want, just not everything, or something along those lines. But that's kind of similar. Time and money is in limited supply, and we tend to think we can do more than we can with what we got. (laughs) But if we set our mind to it, we probably could do something, you know, what we want to do. Yeah, there's always little things that you'd like to do that uh, uh, only take up a little bit of your time, um, but you end up uh, like watching a TV show. Well, if you don't take that time to work towards, you know, a bigger goal of traveling the American Southwest, uh, Mm -hmm. even though you can't do it. an hour at a time every day of the week um, there are other steps to go towards it if mm-hmm. you would take them hmm. yeah well is there anything else before we wrap up that you would just like to talk about or um, well we talked about how I uh, got it uh, my start in art and photography, um, and I don't remember your story of how how you got into that. Um, into photography? Yeah. Well, I was in the Navy for seven years, and I was getting out, and I took an assessment test because I, the people, I was in electronics in the Navy, avionics, and there were some people in my shop who just loved it, and I realized... I can't compete with these people out in the real world because um, it was like work for me, but they were eating it up. So, um, was photography or avionics? And avionics. Okay. So um, I took an assessment test. It was a pretty long, detailed test, and it kind of, I don't know how helpful it was. It um, gave me some general things that it told me, I forgot what it said, but from that, I made a list of things to possibly try. And list of, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 things. Um, photography was like the first thing. So I went, my wife had a 35mm uh, K1000 Pentax and, uh, that I had bought her and she had wasn't really using it. And uh, I went to the library and got a book on stock photography. And um, after I started reading and messing around for camera... You know, that just really grabbed my interest, and uh, and that's what I wanted to do. So that was back in the early 90s. Then I got out of the Navy in 93, 
worked in a plant for about a year, then delivered pizza for a while while I was trying to get the photography thing going. And then in the mid to late um, 90s, the wedding industry really just kind of took off in a nice way um, for people who were in it. I mean, photojournalism was a new thing. People were paying more for weddings. And it was a really nice job for us for several years uh, when I was raising the children and everything. And we were able to pay off our house and put money away, um, which is helpful now because now my income is pretty low. Uh, the photography industry is not the same, so I'm not making money there. And um, but it's amazing how quickly it, it changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How, and maybe it, it was kind of slow to change because everyone could have a digital camera mm-hmm. and take all these pictures early on, but it took them uh, five, ten years to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you know, when you have a, a good thing, it's like a vacuum. It just sucks things in eventually. And then it became oversaturated, you know. And uh, anyway, but we're in a pretty good place now. Not so much with income, but just um, we don't need a whole lot. Our home is paid off. Um, our lifestyle is pretty simple and it, it's working out okay, so... Anyway, that's how I got started. Not a real exciting story, but that's how. <laughs> but do you still it. enjoy it? Like, I uh, take pictures maybe once a month at an activity, um, and I I don't feel like I uh, have the same photojournalistic approach that uh, I was so tuned into. You know, mm-hmm. um, something I wish I still had, but. Um, I just, it it takes more work than I thought it would to really get it back. Yeah. When I was a photographer, I thought, I'm just a photographer. I'll do this forever whether I'm getting paid for it or not. Well, maybe I was wrong because I'm not getting paid for it. I'm not doing much photography. Would I enjoy it? Mildly. Um, I photographed a, a friend's parents' anniversary party. It was a backyard party. I enjoyed it. I mainly just enjoyed being there, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm okay without it too. <laughs> so, but um, thanks, Ryan. It's been really good to talk with you. I've really enjoyed it, and appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate it as well. Thank you for coming over. If you use a podcast app like iTunes please give a review of Conversations About Life.